Hello, and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. Today on the podcast, you get Dylan Young two weeks in a row. We are in part two of how to reach millennials, how to disciple millennials. And we started last week with this CARE acronym. We want to do things that show compassion to the community. We want to do things that show that we're authentic as pastors and church leaders. We want to be the same guy on the stage as we are off the stage. And that moves us into the third part of the acronym, which is being relevant. Relevant is something that is important because millennials have so many different options of things to do. Religion is not a motivating factor for millennials in most situations. One quote that I've seen about it says that millennials are not antagonistic against religious people or religions. They just see them as unimportant or irrelevant. That's big. They don't care. Yeah. Why do I need to care about what you're talking about? Not a big deal. Well, so here's the question. So what do we do with a generation of people who are basically kind of ambivalent to religion? It's not that they really hate, hate, hate religion or have a hatred toward religion. They just don't really care about religion. What do you think the reason for that is, Dylan? I think it's because there, there are things to be involved in in the community that feel like they're making a difference. And probably a lot of people view the church as just this uh, social justice, we want to help people thing, rather than an issue of the soul. Um, it, they don't see it as more than that. So we've got to show people that this is about your, your soul. This is about your eternity. Um, this is not... We, we do help people in the community. We do meet felt needs, but it's more than that. Yeah. Um, and when they see that, hopefully they see that as relevant to their life. Okay, let's think about, I'm just thinking out loud here, but let's just think about, okay, let's think about authenticity that leads to relevancy, okay? Um, for years, uh, millennials grew up in homes, and statistics will prove this, where parents lived one way on Sunday and lived differently during the week. Okay, so they saw that at home and they said, if that's what Christianity's like, then I don't want I, I'll give you a perfect example. Pastors kids have said the same thing. So if you're in ministry like we are or, or maybe you're a leader in the church and you're at the church a lot and you're in, engaged in the church, this is this, this is for you. So don't miss this. They studied pastors kids who fell away from the church. And I think the statistic I heard years ago and this sounds really high, but I think this is accurate. 70% of pastors' kids leave high school and never return to the church. That's alarming. I, that seems high to me. Can we fact check that? Because I've said that for a while now. How many pastors' kids or ministers' kids leave the church? Jonathan Simon, our new fact checker here. Okay, here, but let's just say it's 50%. Let's just say it's 30%. It's 30% more than it should be. But here, okay, so they polled and they questioned those people who had fallen away, both men and women, and they asked them, why did you leave the church? Okay? Colton, I'm going to ask you, last week you were on a roll. You're one for one. No pressure. Question number two, why Colton uh, is our um, ministry assistant here for Replicate, if you don't know. So Colton, and Colton's on the mic because Chris Swain again is gone. Gone again. Yeah. How much vacation does he get? I don't know. I got to go back and fact check that okay <laughs> okay Colton here's the question um, 
what was the number one reason why pastors, ministers, kids left the church after they were old enough and never came back? What are you going to say? Because they didn't see the authenticity in their parents. Bingo. 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 Two for two. Two for two. Okay, here's what the, here's what the pastor's kids said. They said, my dad on Sunday was compassionate. He was generous. He was kind. He was patient. He listened to every person's complaint. He heard every person's encouragement. He spent time with every person counseling. He, he was generous and, and open and transparent. The moment he got home on Sunday or Monday morning, he turned into a different person. My dad during the week was overbearing, negative, quick uh, to, to, to be uh, quick-tempered. He was angry. He was mean to mom. He was abusive. He was an over-disciplinary. And here's what they said. If that's what Christianity is and if that's what Jesus is, I don't want it. No thanks. No thanks. Because what they said is it's not authentic and so naturally, it's not relevant to my life, if that's what Christianity is. Okay, here's the second part to this. I also think part of it is, if millennials are driven by compassion stuff, you know, compassion uh, activities, if they're driven by uh, mission trips and mission work and justice issues, which are all good things, building wells, uh, constructing wells in Africa, if that's the case, think about the perception of most churches in America. Do you look at a church as a hospital for the saints or a country club for Christians? I think it's the country club, unfortunately. Yeah, what do you think, Colton? I'll go with country club. Yeah, go with country, yeah, three for three here with the country club. Now, all of them are not like that. But think of most, most, most churches are an insular club that you come join and you're worried about what's happening introspectively, right? Like, come join our club. Come be a part of our church. Come be a part of our student ministry. And even if that's not the reality of it, that's the perception. That's from the perception the of Yeah, that's a great point. And perception, unfortunately, in church life is reality. Is reality. Okay. So uh, here's a big question. Do you have any millennials on your staff? Do you have any millennials in your home? <laughs> because... I think this is going to be helpful for them. Another thing about relevancy, we'll say this. Millennials are not concerned with titles. They, they, they don't really care about titles. We have seen so many people, this dives a little bit back into authenticity, but for you to be relevant to me, I want to have that relationship with you, see that you're the real deal. So I don't care about your title. I've seen so many people with titles that are not the real deal that the title is not a concern to me. And this is one thing I actually really appreciate about you, Pastor, because you're a doctor, you've got a PhD, but I don't know if people even know that because you, that's not something you flaunt. That's not something that you put out there. You don't make people call, people call you doctor. Um, I do here. at home. Can, Candy actually calls me doctor. Wow. No, I'm playing. Wow. <laughs> she definitely does. I know Candy better than that. <laughs> no, yeah. but that's that's... That's the whole idea we're going with here. For you to be relevant, I don't care about your title. Right. Uh, I want you to uh, show me who you are. I yeah. want to see who you are as a person. You know, my dad, after I got my, my PhD, which is a lot of schooling, um, master's and doctoral work were, was eight years in a row straight of schooling. Um, 
plus pastoring a church, plus traveling, and so it was a lot of work. So when I got my PhD, my dad said, are you going to start getting asking people to call you? This is my dad. You know, I love, love my dad. Big he, Bob. Yeah, Big Bob. He said, uh, are you going to start getting people to call you doctor now? And I said, no. What are you talking about? He said, what are you talking about? You work for this degree. I said, Dad, the last thing I want is to put up a barrier between my people and me. Like, like here's what you got to understand about Jesus. When Jesus said, come follow me to the disciples, they didn't look at Jesus and say, that's impossible. You're God. Now, he was God. Get, I get that, right? We know that. But Jesus, when he said, come follow me, as a man, they said, we can do this. We've seen what you do, and we can follow you. Now, granted, we know you're God, but we can live like you live and love like you love and, and be like you are and, and spend time with God like you do. We can do these things. I find so often in the church, pastors, they, they get degrees or they, get, uh, they finish courses or they, they get ordained, and then they become the reverend doctor so-and-so. And no offense if you do this, but the reality is they put it on their Twitter accounts and they put it in their email signatures and they put it on the title of books and it becomes Dr. Dylan Young Esquire. Yeah. Probably not Esquire. That's not the truth. That's but, not true. Yeah. But that but but the point is, I, I I know you work for it. Praise God, you work for a degree. But I don't know if that's helpful today because automatically you put yourself on a level that's different than every other level. When I asked my dad, we, we were raised in the Catholic Church, um, and I asked my dad when, when he got saved and I became a, a pastor, I said, Dad, was there ever a time when you were going to the Catholic Church where you thought you could be like the priest? Good question. Think about that. Like, did you ever go to church and say, I can do exactly what Father Bob does or Father Joe? And he said, Robbie, never. I said, why? Why, why never? He said, because they were on another level that no one could get to. He said they were closest to Jesus, and I was just this merely church member, this mere just church member that I could never get to that level. And here's what I told my dad. I said, that's interesting, because that is the antithesis of how Jesus ministered. That is interesting. Think about this. Jesus was never on a, if anybody had the right to be on another level, <laughs> it was the one who created all things and us. So you know, like anybody has the right to be on another level. So if the guy we're following didn't put himself on a pedestal, what gives us the right to do the same? Exactly. If I'm talking about the author of the ministry we represent. Like if he didn't put himself higher or better than, what gives us the right to, to get anything that is disconnecting and separating and, cre and chasm creating so anyway, all right, I'm off the I'm off the pedestal. Let's pick no. back to let's take a quick break. Let's take a break. We're talking to you guys about this stuff about reaching millennials, and that is actually part of our blueprint 2.0 that we're going to offer here at Long Hollow in March of next year. You may have been at the original blueprint. You may have been a couple times and bringing people on your brought people on your staff. This is going to be 2.0. It's going to take everything you learned in the original blueprint. And we're going to up the ante with it. We're going to take the next step with all of those things. Because if you're implementing the things you learned in the first blueprint, you're probably hitting some new roadblocks. You're coming up with some new things that you've got questions about. And you need to know how to keep this discipleship movement going. So we're going to cover things at this blueprint, like reaching millennials, but also how to stay fresh and finish well as a pastor. 
We see a lot of guys not do that. We want to be the ones that do finish well. That'll be from a guy who's been in ministry 40 years. You don't want to miss that. No, you do not want to miss that one. Uh, we want to learn, teach you guys how to move from just meeting to multiplying. That's a, that's a roadblock a lot of people run into. How do I get my groups to multiply? We're going to teach you guys how to do that. And then mobilizing your disciples to engage the lost. Um, how do I get the people in my groups to actually go out and share the gospel? Those are some samples of the sessions that we're going to have at this new blueprint. It's a totally new event that we're putting on. And if you sign up before January 1st, you can come for just $169. Yeah. And listen, th- th- that is a great deal. And it will sell out. Okay. We, we keep it purposely small. So this is not a big conference because we want to make it intimate where we get to see people and know people. But this is for anybody who's been in discipleship or you're st- you've started discipleship in your church and you want to know what's next. I'm going to share personally just what I've learned through the years of discipleship some mistakes I've made, and some tweaks I've made along the way. So we look forward to seeing you. Have you made mistakes, Pastor? Uh, a lot. A lot of mistakes. Okay. Uh, thankfully, the churches I've pastored have been very generous with me. Uh, as I made, And I still make mistakes. Uh, but uh, the Lord's good, and we pay a lot of dumb tax so that you don't have to. So anyway, we'll see you next year. March 5th, March 2020, 5th. right here at Long Hall. You can go to discipleshipblueprint.com to find out all the details on that event. And we're back. We want to conclude this conversation on reaching millennials, discipling millennials. We've talked about being compassionate, authentic, relevant, and now we want to move into being engaging. And this is really focusing on your, your weekend services. Uh, and we'll see how you can tie this one into discipleship, Pastor. We want to talk about your Sunday morning experience. Is it actually something that's exciting to come to? Uh, I, I know Christianity to a lot of people on the outside of the church just seems boring. Yeah. And that's not the Christian life. No. The Christian life is exciting. If you're not excited about following Jesus, then there may be other issues there. Jesus was never boring. No. In fact, the synagogue services they went to back then were... were listen, these are Jewish people who don't even know the Messiah. And they have life and they're lively and they're energetic. How much more should we fill with the Spirit of God uh, knowing our, our Savior by name, how, how much more exciting should we? Now, I'm not saying we we become exciting and um, creative and um, showy for the sake of showing off. But here's what I'm here's what we need to think about: Millennials today have a PhD in technology. Okay, they have a PhD in high definition 4K television. So here's what they're doing. They're comparing everything they see on television, which is done with excellence. They're seeing everything they see online. They're comparing everything they see video-wise and entertainment-wise, and then they come to church with that same lens, and they sit through a service, and let's be honest, many of the services are routine, um, boring, sermons are long, um, and so... I'm not saying you change everything just to try to be relevant for the sake of being relevant, but I am saying that's what we're competing against. We're competing against a generation of people who would rather be involved in something bigger than they are, uh, involved in something exciting, and the reality is we have to figure out how we can reach those people. Okay, let me give you one insight about millennials in this area. Millennials want to experience something. Okay. Um, Lifeway did a study recently and asked millennials, hypothetically, this is very telling, would you rather have a 10% raise 
Or would you rather have two days off of work? Now think about this. A 10% raise, Colton, or two days off of work? I'm taking the two days. Are you serious? Wow. Wow. Okay. See, that's not the way we think. At least I don't think that way. Like the generation uh, uh, I'm in and older, they're saying 10% raise all day because we'd rather work. But that's not the way millennials think. They would rather experience something. Okay. So if that's the case, they want to be a part of something. The Lord convicted me uh, recently. Um, One of the things that I've been thinking about, even in my own preaching and our own worship services, is this. People will talk. So you have two kinds of marketing. Okay. You have paid marketing and you have viral marketing. Okay. So what I mean is paid marketing is you can do Facebook ads, you can get online, you can buy billboards, you can get ads in a, in a book. That's paid marketing. But the better kind of marketing today is holistic or, or um, word of mouth. Okay. You're not paying for it. Uh, you're, not, you're not doing anything. It just happens. Okay. So grassroots viral marketing. Now, here's the thing. People on Monday will talk about something that was memorable on Sunday. Okay? If something happened memorable on Sunday, they're going to share it on Monday at the coffee shop, in the break room, over lunch. Okay? So here's the thing you have to think about. Are you creating an environment on Sunday that is worth talking about? Okay, let's take it to discipleship. You don't have to tell them to share with their friends and family what's going on in their life and discipleship. They're going to do it already. Why? Because their life has changed. When you change a person's life, they can't help but share and talk about it. For example, what goes in the mouth or mind comes out the mouth. Okay. So if Jesus is on the mind, he's going to come out the mouth. You're going to talk about him because he's on your mind. And I think millennials talk about things that are worth talking about. And if you change their life, they can't help but talk about it. So here's how we're going to close. Dylan, as a millennial. That's me. Tell us some ways we can better help reach you and people like you. Yeah. A couple takeaways. I humbly think of myself as a great test subject for this because I'm right smack dab in the middle of the the millennial age group. Here, I want to tell you just kind of what the millennials feel from older generations because we feel, you could probably guess, we feel a certain attitude towards us and it's not a good one. Uh, yeah. the, the the first time I ever presented this session, that morning before I did that, I saw a tweet and it was talking about the fact that millennials are divorcing at a lesser rate than previous generations, which sounds good. It's really just because we're not marrying as much. Mm. But the, the tweet that was referencing that said, finally, millennials did something right. Wow. And it's like, man, as opposed to doing everything wrong, right? Yeah. (laughs) It just, it feels like that's the attitude we get a lot. Uh, We do everything wrong just because we do things different. Hmm. And that, that's what we feel a lot of times. And we feel that a lot from the church, unfortunately. Um, You you can't come in here and suggest we do anything different. This is how we've been doing it for 45 years. Uh, Why would we do anything different to reach you? Um, And it feels like, Churches want to reach the next generation, but they're not willing to change anything to do that. Yeah. You've got to be willing to adapt and grow. Uh, we talked about uh, on last week's podcast, this is a technology age. The faster things change, the faster things change. Um, technology keeps building on itself. 
this generation as a whole keeps building on itself. It changes quickly. And the plea from a millennial to you as a church leader, as a pastor, is just be willing to try some things. Maybe you take some millennials in your church, in your community, and ask them. Take the time to actually ask them, what could we do to better serve you as a millennial? Uh, that's, that's a question we don't get very often because we're kind of written off. Now, this may sound like a, a pity party for the millennial. That's not what I'm trying to do. I just want to help you as a church leader see where we're coming from. Yeah. Why should you care about what we've been talking about on these last two podcasts? It's because we feel kind of pushed to the side at times. Yeah. Um, if you want to find a church to, to minister to you, there's probably another one out there. It's not ours. Um, and that's, I don't think that's the attitude any of you want to give off toward millennials. And you know what's funny is with that attitude, you're not going to have a church pretty soon. Exactly. Because eventually the seniors pass away and the and the boomers and busters are gone. And then you look around and you think, where's the people at? And it's because we were unwilling to bend and, and reach them. Colton, any final words from you on millennials? Um, <clears throat> I think that just the whole CARE acronym, like discipleship embodies the CARE acronym itself. Because you're meeting, you're having those personal relationships. Uh, you're getting in the Word. You're actually living life with these people. And so like we talked before, um, millennials growing up, they look at their parents and they're like, I see a double lifestyle. Mm. Um, when you're in a discipleship group, you're meeting weekly with these guys and you're seeing their life change over time as you're getting invested in and as you're growing together through the word. Yeah. Um, so I just think that discipleship plays, uh, plays a big part in uh, connecting millennials to the church. Um, I've heard you say before that millennials are more likely to meet in someone's home uh, than go to a church on Sunday. And so having discipleship groups out in the community, uh, I think they're more likely to go that than listen to an hour long service. Yeah. I think that's, that's all good stuff. And and the thing, the thing about it is, uh, the home was used by Jesus all through his ministry. In fact, I would submit to you, and this is a good thing to think about as we close in the gospel of Luke, it's amazing. Jesus is either at a meal. Jesus is either going to a meal or he's coming from a meal. The entire Gospel of Luke, he's either at a meal, coming from, or going to a meal. So That's an interesting insight. Insight from Jesus. But here's the thing. It just shows us that we should care about millennials. So that's a good way to finish. Um, I encourage you to go online uh, and and just respond and maybe give some comments, a hashtag replicate, uh, and just share with what your uh, thoughts are on how to reach millennials. Are you reaching millennials? Ways to be helpful, that we could be helpful in and thinking about reaching millennials, and I just think this is a great topic to talk about. We will be back with you next week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple-making, resources related to disciple-making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.